politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. Eliminating the 60-vote threshold will simply guarantee that we lose a critical tool that we need to safeguard our democracy. I hope we can get this done, but I'm not sure. Comments at the Capitol that underline a difficult political reality for President Biden and Democrats. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller and Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema's opposition to changing the supermajority required by the Senate filibuster effectively dooms the efforts of fellow Democrats to pass voting rights legislation. Still, this coming Tuesday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer pledges to keep trying. The United States Senate will face a critical and unavoidable question. Are its members going to act to protect our democracy and protect voting rights? Or will its members choose the path of obstruction, inaction, and side with the big lie overtaking our precious experiment in self-rule? Schumer and Democratic leaders have tried to keep voting rights legislation alive, even though the numbers are working against them. They combined two separate bills related to voting rights, and the House passed them as one piece of legislation, which was actually attached to a bill involving leasing operations for NASA. Since the measure had already been approved by the House, Schumer can get it to the Senate floor without needing 60 votes. But that only allows for debate. The voting rights legislation would still need 60 votes to move forward, and that won't happen, since Republicans like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell strongly oppose it. President Biden and Senate Democrats have been shouting, actually shouting at the American people, that an evil, racist, anti-voting conspiracy will destroy democracy forever unless Democrats get total one-party control of the entire government starting next week. McConnell is critical of the president, who sought to draw attention to the issue during a speech in Atlanta. I believe the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, we have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. But Senator Cinema, along with West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, still oppose major changes to the filibuster. Virginia Democratic Senator Tim Kaine is one of a small number of senators who has been meeting with Manchin in recent months, and I asked Kaine what changes he believes Manchin might be open to. Mitchell, I'm going to let Joe speak for himself rather than try to put words in his mouth, but I'll, I'll just reflect on what we have been discussing with Senator Manchin, who's a longtime friend. The first task was working to get Joe Manchin to be a co-sponsor of the Freedom to Vote Act. He was not a co-sponsor of the, a predecessor bill. And so we needed to take that bill and set much of it aside and add in some new provisions to get Joe to be co-sponsor. He signed on to co-sponsor the Freedom to Vote Act in September. Joe and I then worked with other colleagues to reach out to Republicans to try to get them to be supporters or suggest amendments or offer counter-proposals. Months of that went by without any meaningful participation, save one senator, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, who has signed on to be a co-sponsor of the John Lewis bill, one of the two bills that we have put on the floor. And then once we realized we couldn't get Republican help in trying to protect the democracy at this critical time, we have talked about, are there ways that we could make changes to the Senate rules that would accomplish getting voting rights done without abolishing the filibuster. Both Senators Manchin and Sinema have said they will not abolish the filibuster. So we've looked at ways short of abolition of the filibuster to accomplish the goal of passing a voting rights bill. And the two main paths that we've explored are, one, 
could we not abolish the filibuster but restore it, return to the talking filibuster days, the kind of Mr. Smith goes to Washington filibuster where if you want, if a minority wants to block the action of a majority, then the minority must take and hold the floor um, to try to convince colleagues in the American public that the majority is going in the wrong direction. But at the end of that debate, however long it is, the Senate rules have always said when debate is over, passages by simple majority. So we've looked at ways to revitalize and restore the filibuster to what it was during much of Senate history. The other path we've explored is whether we might do just a very simple carve-out in the Senate rules to allow legislation dealing with voting to pass by a simple majority. Carve-outs of that kind to enable legislation to pass by simple majority and not be filibustered are not that uncommon. Trade, the budget reconciliation process, there's a number of things where the Senate has basically allowed simple majority voting that cannot be subject to a 60-vote cloture threshold. And so we've looked at whether we might do the same thing for voting rights. I am willing to make rules adjustments to get this passed because I actually believe that democracy is under an assault more serious than at any time in my 63 years. And I think the best protection of the democracy is to protect people's rights to participate in it. The so-called talking filibuster Kane refers to was made famous more than 80 years ago in the movie Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, when Jimmy Stewart's character spoke at length on the Senate floor. You all think I'm late. Well, I'm not late. And I'm going to stay right here and fight for this lost cause, even if this room gets filled with lies like these. The longest one-person filibuster ever given was by South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond, who spoke for 24 hours and 18 minutes in 1957 while trying to block civil rights legislation. Lengthy talking filibusters on the floor today are relatively rare, however, and the filibuster, for all its Senate history, was not part of the vision of the Founding Fathers. Historians say it came about by accident in 1806 when senators were trying to revise the rules of the upper chamber. Before then, the House and Senate rules had allowed for the majority to cut off debate. In the mid-1970s, the threshold for the filibuster was dropped from 67 votes to the current 60. In 2013, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid pushed through a change that allowed the filibuster to be eliminated for most presidential appointees, including appellate judges, though not Supreme Court nominees. As many had warned, when Republicans regained power in the Senate, they dropped the filibuster for high court nominees. And the three latest members of the U.S. Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett were approved by Senate majority votes. Members of both parties tend to argue for the filibuster most strenuously, not surprisingly, when they're in the minority. At the moment, the Senate is evenly divided at 50-50, but Democrats haven't been able to convince two of their own members to make changes. And as a result, voting rights legislation is not likely to reach President Biden's desk. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill.